When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Day four, hey, hey, yo, Scotty, hey, 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 what we know, what we know. Let's eat, baby. Hey, hey what we know. The, the grind is real. The vibes. It's going to all pay off at the end. Just watch. Welcome to another episode of That's a Rap Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. That was my best uh, interpretation of how Jay does the introduction because Jay is not here today, which is okay. He has a lot of, you know what we said to him? We're going to talk about Ben Simmons again. And he he left the chat, Dre. He left the chat. I think pretty sure he's not back yet. (laughs) that's not how I interpreted it. I thought I thought he just wasn't present for media day. I mean, we're just showing up for him. That's, I thought that's uh, what it I was. I guess so. I guess so. But thank you again to all the That's a Rap listeners. We really appreciate you guys because it is a new year. It's another year. The Raptors are fully in training camp, and we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about media day. We have a lot to talk about around the NBA. As mentioned, Jay is not here today, and I know that he has a lot to talk about. But, you know, priorities are priorities kids are kids you got to take care of what you got to take care of but today we have dre with me how's it going my friend very good very good and uh happy to discuss raptors even though it's not the most promising year but hey we could always be shocked we could always be surprised you never See, know this is what i I appreciate you and I appreciate Jay and I appreciate that we have this common fanhood with the team because you know what? We have different stance when it comes to the Raptors. I am very optimistic, not saying that you're not optimistic, Dre, but you have another side of there's another view to how this Raptor team is going to come about this season. And for you fans, too, we want to know what you feel about this team today. Okay. First off, let's go through Media Day. Media Day was actually uh, this past Monday, and we are recording this on Friday, the 1st of October. Can you actually believe September is finally over? Thank God. But it is October the 1st, and that means that the Raptors are actually playing basketball in, I think, three days from now, Dre? But I'm excited. I know the tickets for it, like preseason games. Oh, like the preseason games, are... games. Yes, yes. Okay, that's true then. I thought yeah. you meant the season. Know... The season's later. No, yeah. not yet. Season, season later. But I know that the tickets gone on sale for the preseason, and they're like 200 plus for like 300 levels. I'm not uh... I'm not like, okay, I'm, I don't have the money for that. If I could, I'd go for it. But I mean, and I, I saw that the prices for the Kyle Lowry return game is 500 plus. Ooh. Now, I don't know about you. I think it's worth it. I just don't have the money for it. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. I don't have the money for it. I remember like during the Kauai championship season, I went to go to a game with, with Victoria, my girlfriend, and we went to a hell of a game between, yeah. uh, you know, against Denver. And that wasn't Ooh, that even was... like half of those, uh, those preseason tickets. I think that's what we paid overall for two. And mm-hmm. that was a hell of a game. So, I, I mean... Look, I know, I know the championship high is still a thing. It's still very real, but the the, the team's not going to be nearly as good this year. I don't know. I feel like those but, tickets but are going to plummet. But it's exciting, man. Yes. I, that's why I'm so excited about this team because, okay, I, I wanted to bring this up. You know, we can, we can keep talking about this entire Raptors season, but I just feel like with so many new faces 
it's just it's enticing to me not knowing where this team is going to go. Sure. Yeah, sure, it could go. Uh, it, it, you know, we could plummet. We could be like the twenty uh, win season, or we could surprise a lot of people, like Bobby Webster said, and maybe get into the playoffs with a higher seed um, than we thought. But it's just so cool to think that. Listen, we got Fred, we got Pascal, we got OG. Those are the three that are going to lead us into whoever they're going to lead us. But everybody else is brand new. And not only that, the fact that Lowry is gone to Miami, this is the Brian Colangelo era is gone. Mm-hmm. Now it is only Masai and Bobby. This is what they plan to do, and that's exciting to me. You know, like these young players are really good. Malachi is fantastic from what we've seen in the in the summer league. I'm very excited about Precious. You've, we've seen what uh, Gary Trent ha- has done. Even Utah has surprised a lot of people. And I just feel like it's a really exciting time to be a Raptors fan. Don't you agree? Yeah, well, look, here's the thing. I've been saying that it's not going to be a great season, Lottie Well, I feel like that's true. The organization still has dignity. And the team still plays with art. And we still have Nick Nurse, who's a hell of a coach. And we still have Masai, who is going to do some big moves. I feel like he's not finished yet. And I feel like with all of those things combined, is it going to be a not-so-great season? Sure. Is it going to be an embarrassing season? No. I feel like it's still going to be fun to watch, which I know is a phrase that's tossed around a lot in sports, but I do believe it. I feel like we've got so much sincerity. I feel like this is just... Like that one Hawks season before, like last year, where movement is needed and we're still progressing and we're figuring it all out. But soon we're going to be in top and tip top shape again. So I'm not I'm not concerned. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm just taking it for what it is. This could either yeah. be a lull of a year or a big surprise. But either way, I'm not expecting too much. And I'm going to let this team take me where it's going to go. And I feel like regardless, it's still going to be fun with that mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I brought up the name before, but, you know, uh, I want to focus on the media day that happened this past Monday. And, uh, you know, a lot of people spoke, Bobby, uh, Nurse. Actually, it was interesting to see uh, Bobby taking the reins because he is the GM and Masai is the president. He doesn't really have to say he he spoke during the media. Uh, he spoke during his press conference when he signed a lucrative deal but now you know he just knows that hey this is bobby's team too so it was interesting to hear bobby um uh, nick nurse of course is always gives you gems pascal uh looked quite happy like happier than we've seen him he's looking good yeah yeah he was looking good and i and i know that you know because of his surgery his shoulder surgery he's not going to be able to play uh obviously in training camp or even the start of the season we're not sure when he's going to come back uh i want to say probably sometime in january but hopefully sooner and we seen we saw some uh good takes from uh goron and also uh Gary Trent. And then throughout the week, we've seen uh, other pressers such as, you know, Scotty and Precious. But the one person I really wanted to focus on is Fred. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want to focus on Fred is because, one, Lowry's gone. Lowry's now, he's no longer a Raptor. He is a Heat. And it, it was really strange for a lot of Raptors fans, including ourselves, that to see it was that heat a media day yeah. without see with that heat uniform 100% and to just have media day Raptors media day without Lowry. And when we saw Fred take the, take on that media day, he was focusing on one word, which is going to be the title of this episode is nuance. And to have him speak about his team, to have him, you know, uh, back up his teammate in Pasco Siakam and what he was talking about and what he uh, uh, took in when that, when that New York times article came out, I am even more confident in this team knowing that someone like Fred is taking the reins from, you know, players like Lowry mm-hmm. and uh DeRozan. Like it it's it's really um it's really good. It's it comforts me as a Raptor fan. What about you? How did you feel when you heard what, you know, uh, Fred taking on the media day? Well, first off, this is what a lot of people were hoping for when uh everybody basically knew Lowry was going to be gone that Fred Van Vliet was not only going to take over as like, I guess the pilot of the team, you know, the guy who's like uh, orchestrating the games and making these, uh, these decisions on playmaking. Um, But he's basically next to Siakam um, right now, 
possibly the head of the franchise at this very moment. And I feel like it was a a necessary thing to hear. And the guy's always so chill. Um, Even like when he's at his lowest, he doesn't give up. He just keeps trying his best until he gets his his shooting form back or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he gets his his head back in the game. So I feel like he's, he's very mentally strong. And I feel like it's so weird seeing DeRozan and Lowry they're both still in the East now. Well, DeRozan with the Bulls now. They're both well. They're both still wearing red. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. They're they're both still wearing red and white because of, of the Bulls, because of the uh, of the Heat and black in, in instances with both the Heat and the Bulls. And those are three That's of true. the Raptors' colors. You know, you you add the gold, and then it's a little bit different. But um, so you know, they're still they still like have this illusion of being these Raptors and they're not like, it, it still hasn't really settled in for me yet with, with, with yeah, Lowry. Same, it's, a, same. it's a little weird. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with, with Dragic who uh, we'll get to in a second, who's like also sporting red and white. And it's like, still in my brain looks like a heat uniform. Like it's very strange, but to mm-hmm. go back to Fred Van Vliet, um, at least in this moment of insecurity, we have the security, and I, I just want to deviate a little bit very quickly. I feel like these are the seasons, you know, in spite of what I've said, these are the seasons where people like Van Vliet, and I'm going to say this now, like Gary Trent Jr., this is when they can shine like Oladipo did, um, you know, when he was an Indiana Pacer. And these guys who are really good but haven't been given that that opportunity yet this is when they're going to become all-stars this is when you're going to see these complete takeovers from van vliet who we're all already seeing and gary Trent jr and actually let's let's just say ananobi as well so mm-hmm. i'm very excited to see those transformations from these young players into these uh, potential you know all-stars very very small potential superstars you never know especially with their work ethic. So to see Ben Vliet steering this, even this side of the ship being like, don't worry, I'm going to be the face of this franchise and everything's going to be all right with him saying it. I believe it. I'm, I'm very excited with where this is going to go. The part that got me in media day was when I, I believe it was either Grange or Ducksmith. I can't really remember, but they asked Fred about, you know, the remarks, what that, Pascal said in his New York Times about being the man. And, you know, Fred, the different one, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. The difference between Kyle and Fred is that Kyle was very, it was me against the world when it comes to the media, right? He was always, he didn't really give the time of day to the media as much as the media wanted to. Whereas in Fred, He's not going to like I I don't know him personally and I haven't been at media day which we hope we do one day but I just feel like Fred takes his time to answer these questions um because they you took the time to ask them right mm-hmm. and then so when they ask these questions about Pascal it's like he took the time to answer it in such a meaningful way and all of it is is so true. A couple of things that I, I want to point out is when Pascal was, you know, said about being the man, as Fred said, there's a lot of nuances to that because, you know, being the man sometimes means shooting the ball 40 times and nobody blinks an eye, right? And when Pascal got the max, all the fans expected him to be this and that. Uh, but what was in his way was the greatest rapper of all time, Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. And Kyle wasn't going to back down as and just let someone else take over the reins of being the best in in uh, in a Raptor uniform. And if Kyle did that, he wouldn't be Kyle Lowry. And those certain things that Fred, uh, you know, told that told him during that media day was so true. Like, sure, Siakam uh, had the max contract. Sure, he's going to be the face of the franchise. Sure, like there's a lot of expectation, a lot of responsibility. But like you said, there is a pecking order that no one's going to understand unless you play at this highest level. And he goes on to say things like, you know, you see players uh, when stars are out of the game, you see other players step up and then they question, how come you don't step up uh, all the time when those players are when the star players are actually playing? And it's because there is a pecking order that no one really talks about the nuance 
of the NBA that you don't understand until you're at that level. And I love what Fred, he, he kind of brings it to like our level to try to understand, right? Because we're not going to understand. We're never going to be in the NBA. But Fred is like, listen, you're not going to be in the NBA, but at least I can tell you why things are being said. Why Pascal, the brother, his, this his brother in the locker room has, is saying these things. And I'm going to back him up 100% no matter what you guys are saying. So mm-hmm. Fred, what those things that Fred said, it, it it meant everything, and I hope, and I hope that uh, gives clearance for all of the Raptors fans as well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is a time of uncertainty for a lot of Raptors fans, and the one thing that Raptors fans love is seeing the underdog, or seeing the overlooked, or seeing the by the book type of player getting their dues. So when somebody like Mike Z Bogues is kind of a deal elsewhere, but he really shined on the Raptors or when Jerome Williams junkyard dog really shined with the Raptors. I feel like that's just a part of our legacy seeing the people that typically don't get a chance to resonate elsewhere, mm-hmm. really show what they're made of. And we have so many young guns or like that. So I feel like that's like the one thing that Raptors fans are very, I, I was going to say losing initially, but we have a championship now. So uh, choking <laughs> is no longer a part of our, a part of our wheelhouse folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, mean, that's another thing. Fred, Fred was like, this team isn't known for, for like the last season uh, disappointments. And, mm-hmm. you know, as Raptors fans, we're like, wait, we've had years of disappointment. But since Fred has been there, at least since Pascal has been there, it's been winning uh, throughout. And I don't think that this team is going to allow us to get into the lottery anymore. They've been there because it, we had, you know, we were forced to. We were the the team had to play eighty two game away games, right? And they had to play in the circumstance that no one wanted to be, and no other team had to. So we, you know what? Fine, we'll get that, uh, we'll get that lottery pick, and we'll keep playing, and we'll prove everybody wrong. That's what Fred said too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I feel like that's something that they could take into account, regardless of how this season ends up. You know that these guys are actually going to be actively trying. There's nobody here right, that right. is going to phone it in. And speaking of which, maybe that's our opportunity to transfer over to Goran Dragic, who most people were mm. very concerned about. And look, does he look thrilled to be in Toronto? Maybe not, but he doesn't look completely <laughs> passive either. And he doesn't, you know, he's no pun intended, he's playing ball. He's done the, the you know the uh, media day stuff. He's shown up. He's tried to like even have some like captions about like you know I'm happy to be here. Whatever he was saying. At least now he's making an effort, and I feel like once the games actually start, we're gonna see like even like the uh, preseason stuff. We're gonna see Goran Dragic maybe giving it his all. So even him, I would consider mentally here even though mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago would say otherwise. So, um, yeah, I feel like everyone's going to try and give their 110% because I feel like even if Goran Dragic didn't want to be here, he's also the type of person who would rather try for a team that he doesn't like than lose. Yeah, He's got that I, killer well, mentality. For sure, for sure. I, I mean, number one, and we I know that we spoke about this in – in our chat, number one, Goran Dragic over Alonzo Mourning any day, right? Because at least oh. he's here and he's going to play. In terms <laughs> of like not... playing for Raptors, yes. But otherwise, I mean, Alonzo yeah, yeah. Overall, <laughs> no. Fine. Yes, I understand because he's all a favorite. But yeah. uh, as a Raptor, as a Raptor, Goran Dragic over Alonzo Mourning, okay? Yeah. So uh, you, he knows what he's doing. He's He's been in this league, what, 13 years now? He's he's friends with Kyle Lowry. He gave him his number. He ha- he's wearing number uh, Goran Dragic wearing number one uh, as his days in Phoenix, and he knows what he's doing now. He understands what his role is, and he's time and time again when the uh, I guess that you know the loss in translation interview happened. He's he's apologized and he understands where this 
you know, team is. Like, this is a team that's not far away from winning a championship, and he doesn't have a championship. He knows that, right? So that's why, obviously, this fan base is going to be like, oh, you don't want to play with us? Then fine, we don't want to play with you either. And But now he's like, he even threw out that um, – one name he he threw in a name that you know that he's doing it for for the PR. Okay, he said he's looking forward to being a mentor the, to the younger guys, much like Steve Nash did for him in Phoenix. You don't think that he knows that Steve Nash is the epitome of Canada Canada basketball in as a Raptors uniform? Like you don't think that he knows what he's trying to say? So he knows where what you know it, it started off rocky everybody knows that okay but i'm here dre's here and we're telling you raptors fans however long goran Dragic is going to be here it could be less than half a year until trade deadline it could be more we have no idea let's see what he can give to this team because he's still a hell of a player and and even nick nurse told us told the media was like you know, uh, where is goran going to fit and he could see him play as a starter beside Fred Van Vliet, much like he did with Kyle and Fred. Or he can play um, off the bench and helping these young kids. And these are kids, might I, might I add, uh, develop into the players that they should be. So I think that Goran is going to be fantastic for us. Fantastic. Like, not only just as a player, but also as a locker room character. So Especially I don't know if you're on the, the same bench. page with him. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna turn a lot of heads. And what he's saying already during his pressers, and what you've seen during the videos that uh, the Raptors are showing out, like he's been doing. He, tables have turned when it comes to Goran Dragic for sure. Yeah, I, I firmly believe that as well. And uh, you know, let's uh, not to point fingers or, or anything, but this uh, the song and dance of not wanting to come to Toronto. I mean, it happens all the time, and. I don't think it's just us. There's a lot of small market teams that players are just like, ah, man, no, I don't want to go there because, you know, when you fall in love with a game of basketball, typically you're loving the Celtics or the Lakers, perhaps the Knicks, uh, the Sixers. So like those massive, those massive teams. And then if you're looking at our era of like the last 10 or 20 years or so, you know, you could toss in the heat in there, the Spurs, um, even some of these teams that might have been small marketed, but, you know, have some sort of prestige. Well, I mean, the Raptors have a championship now. And I feel like, you know, whether it's, I hate to admit this, uh, Drake putting Toronto on the map as an ambassador, um, you know, uh, well, <laughs> somebody like Vince Carter putting Toronto on the map. I feel like there are a number of instances where Toronto was perhaps a trendy team for like a short bit but i feel like no that should stick because if you look at the whole history of the toronto organization you have nobody but people who try really hard outside of like maybe a few exceptions like when carter wanted out or morning didn't want to show up um or players past their prime come over here whatever it is for the most part this is this is an organization dedicated to winning, even if it's at mm -hmm. their most embarrassing moments. So I feel like, yeah, in all honesty, um, don't give up because the Raptors aren't going to. Yeah, I think it's an organization that is built uh, now, at least, for one, player development and also a good organization. So you have the vets who are... Would, would want to play here and you have the rookies who understand that hey we've you've seen pascal in the g league we've seen fred come up from the g league as well undrafted so you have all around they they've won a championship and the championship itself is going to garner a lot of one fans and two players who are going to want to play here and so i don't think gordon is in uh, you know I, I think he understands it that's why uh uh, you know the tables have turned and and the thing about his love of this team too i think josh lumbert asked him you know is there any young guy that have impressed him so far uh and goran said uh scotty you know quote he said he's hilarious he's funny he's a good kid he works hard he's got the personality that's unique and i really like him he's gonna get a bright future uh I can already see it. And mm -hmm. even Nick Nurse uh, talked about Scotty and his role and how it's going to be huge. So I'm just wondering 
thinking about the potential lineup, you got Fred, Trent, OG, Siakam, Birch, Boucher's in there, of course, Drogic, Flynn. Where is Scotty going to be there? How many, like, do you really think that Scotty Barnes can cut possibly into the starting lineup role? Because I, I would love to see Scotty get 20, 20 plus minutes a game, but I mean, he's still a rookie and uh, I feel like Malachi Flynn probably deserves a little bit more playing time than Scotty, but maybe, but you know, like the roles are different. He's a point guard. Scotty Barnes is the wing. I just don't know where this role, this big role for Scotty is going to be, especially when Siakam comes back. That's a good question. And I, I can't say for sure because some rookie drafts you just can tell what you're going to get with them especially if you're a team that's lacking in a certain department if you get somebody who has clearly proven himself either in a college or even in high school or overseas mm-hmm. um yeah i i don't i don't know i i don't want to say and i don't want to be wrong but i feel like nick nurse experiments with lineups all the time and the raptors put forth their uh they're winning development teams, and I feel like the sky is the limit. So if he is deserving of the starting minutes, I feel like he's going to get those starting minutes. I, I Again, I don't know now, but I feel like outside of a couple of names, like Van Fleet, Siakam, uh, probably OG, um, mm-hmm. everybody else is kind of fighting for the starting lineup and it could kind of just shift and change at any possible second. So I feel like at first you can have Flynn, you can have Boucher, um, you know, Trent Jr. is a name as well that we can't forget, but I don't, that could easily change. We don't have like a set in stone starting five figured out quite just yet. I feel like that mm-hmm. could easily change even midway through the season. We're going to start to see some, so we're, we're going to discover what the potential core starting five is going to be like maybe like two months in is my mm. prediction. Well, if you remember, and I could be wrong, but I remember in 2016 when Pascal got drafted, wasn't he a starter too? Didn't he, wasn't he put into a role as a starter starting center? That that's a good question. I honestly don't remember, but if he was, I'll pretend that he was, if he was, that could be exactly what I was saying, where he was hired mm-hmm. for a very specific role that they really needed. So, like, let's go back to last year, for instance. If last year, when we lost Gasol, we lost Ibaka, and we knew we needed to, to cover that position, and we had the opportunity to get Barnes, then, or, like, you know, for any of our big man positions, then it'd be a little bit different. I can imagine him starting in the same way that, you know, and I'm I, I'm going to try not to, to besmirch him in the same way that Baines was starting because we kind of just didn't know what we wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if we're in that position now because, you know, Boucher has proven himself. You know, we have a number of uh, highly capable people. But again, I'll, I'll see where this goes, you know, with the season. But that's that's yeah. exactly it. If this was last year, I feel like, the potential for him to be starting is much greater than it is now. Cause now May- we have like yeah. so many opportunities, you know? Yeah. Mainly because Pascal is going to be out for a couple of months too. So that's if, also true. Know, if, yeah. If, if Scotty Barnes does show his versatility on the defensive end, we know that the offense is going to come, um, you know, he's, he is working on a shooting. It's nothing. There's the same, but we're there for the defense, or at least Scotty is there for the defense. And they've asked, a lot of times to nurse, like, where's the offense going to come from? It's going to be very interesting because, you know, Pascal is basically their top scorer outside of maybe Fred and, you know, uh, Gary Trent. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, I don't really know where else the scoring is coming from. So, all right, let's Dre. That's a lot of Raptors news. Let's take a quick break. Uh, fan, Raptors fans, let us know what your initial thoughts were when it came to media day, as well as uh, all the audio and the video that's coming out during training camp. Are you excited? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Or are you kind of somewhere in between? Let us know on Twitter. Uh, that's a rap pod. But until then, let's take a quick break. Dre, and we'll come back. Talk to you guys soon.
wondering if that sponsor will ever want to do this again once we get into the Simmons talks. Oh, the Simmons, not only the Simmons talk, but we're, let's, okay, we'll, we'll get into that. I think Jay has already stepped out because we're talking about Simmons again. But <laughs> before we do that, welcome back to That's a Rap Pod, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. In the first half of this episode, we talked all about Mania Day, how well Fred is taking on this you know captain role and what goes about with Goran Dragic and Scotty Barnes what do we think is going to happen throughout the year because hey preseason is right around literally right around the corner coming next week and you'll hear from us again next week for sure but okay Dre we got something to talk about man this it sucks that this is still a thing when it comes to the anti-vaxxers or the people who don't want to get their vaccines because of religious reasons or personal reasons. Let me let me just say this before before we get into a more of a rant, all right? Um, the vaccine is not about you. It's not about it's not a personal thing. It is trying is it's trying to protect everybody around you, right? And so when you have these players especially and this is a basketball podcast right so we're not going to go all into the political politics about this and we're uh, all about pro-vaccine of course because we want to uh, protect the people around us but when you have players like Kyrie, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Isaac, Michael Porter Jr., Bradley Beal who are saying all this about you know it's uh it's my choice and there I have to go through my, uh, you know, do my own research and all that stuff. I, 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 and, and, and this is so frustrating because Kyrie has done so much good and I'm sure all of these players have done so much good in their community, knowing that how much weight that their voices have with the young, with the fans of the NBA, old and new, like they have so much weight with their words and, 95% of the NBA is now vaccinated, which is fantastic. But you know who's 100% vaccinated? The WNBA. There's no problem with that because they know they have their shit together. When it comes to the NBA, these guys just keep on saying it's my choice. It's it's this and that. It's it's a religious reason. But it, this is not about you. You know, Chris, Chris, Chris Herring said on, on SI, the shot is the unselfish move at the time when people are making vaccinations about themselves. This is not about you. This is about the people around you that you have to protect in order for this world to come back to normal. And at this point, it should have been back to normal a long time ago. Okay, I understand maybe there might have been a hesitation like when it first came around, when the vaccines first came around, because there is a lot of talk there's a lot of misinformation out there but science has shown and i'm not going to be i'm not going to sit here and be like look at this article look at this article look at this article okay i trust in scientists i trust in my doctors i trust in the uh the the word of professionals who tell me that this is safe because we've been getting vaccines for everything and now because this is a political issue and now you think that it's about you that we're so divided this is not about you. It's about people around you. That's my rant, Trey. I can't add anything more to that side of it. Uh, I, I agree, you know, entirely. What I will say is let's pretend it was about them, that this is their choice. And I do believe in the idea of the freedom of choice. You know, you're allowed to decide if you don't want to be vaccinated. Those are your personal reasons, whatever. However, if these are the industries that you're a part of, and these are the regulations, you're not being held against your will or force whatever. It's like if your job doesn't allow hats and you come to work with a hat, they're going to tell you to take it off. And if you don't take it off, then go home. And if you keep like not listening, then you're going to get fired. Like this yeah. isn't about limitation of freedoms or whatever. The NBA has come up with with the regulation, and I feel like they've been overly accommodating. Like the fact that players are still allowed to play in specific areas is more like if they're unvaccinated. I mean, I feel like it's far too forgiving already. But again, this is uh, up to them. 
and whatever decisions they want to make, but you're not being stymied or uh, you're not being thwarted by the man. This is an entertainment industry that has taken enough of a hit in revenue when it thrives on audiences and it thrives on games. Try to adapt and say, hey, look, listen, we're trying to be understanding as well, but we don't want people to get sick. We don't want people to die. We don't want this to spread any further because of our negligence. So if you have your personal reasons to not be vaccinated, fine, whatever. But just understand that that means you can't play here and you can't play mm -hmm. here. So if you're Kyrie mm -hmm. Irving, you're going to miss all of your home games. If you're Andrew Wiggins, you're going to miss all of your home games. That's not a penalty. It's not a punishment. That's just a stipulation. So you're not being penalized for your point of view. This is just the regulation. So first off, understand that. Secondly, and I do have to bring this up. Okay. On one hand, when somebody like LeBron James, who was also hesitant to get vaccinated, but finally has, when they finally get vaccinated because it allows them to play or whatever, Cool. At least you got vaccinated. But I just want to say this, and I'm not saying that this was actually LeBron James's line of thought, but I have heard this. If you're against vaccinations um, and you are getting vaccinated because you want to travel or you get vaccinated because you want to go see movies or games again, at least you're getting vaccinated. Cool. But you're doing it for the wrong damn reasons. You're thinking about yourself mm -hmm. again. And you're not considering mm -hmm. all the people that you could be affecting and everything. Uh, even if you could fight this cold or this, oh, it's, not, it's no more harmful than the flu, which you're wrong, by the way. I have relatives and, and friends and loved ones who have had COVID. So get your head out, out of your ass. Secondly, um, yeah, it. It's not about just you as an individual. Could I survive COVID if I had it? Probably, but I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about my father who has respiratory issues, who, who could be affected. I'm thinking about my mom, who's a cancer survivor. I'm thinking about my nephew, who's not even four yet. I'm thinking about my girlfriend, who I live with now. I'm thinking about everybody else. And flat out, mm -hmm. I don't want it. I don't want to get it either. Um, but... At the end of the day, this isn't some conspiracy. This isn't some whatever horseshit you're coming up with. And I apologize, Jason. You're going to have to do some editing here. But, uh, <laughs> like, like, as if the world, to try and gain access to your DNA, whatever nonsense people are believing this week, would completely throttle its entire economy just to do a little bit of that when they already have access to all of your information through your social media accounts and your phone and your, your webcam access and everything and your microphone mm -hmm. access, whatever it is. So stop being stupid. Just get the damn thing. Now, even if, for, even if it's for silly reasons, just get the thing. Now let's just get this over with finally once and for all. And one last final point. Um, you brought up the WNBA, which I'm glad that they're all vaccinated. I feel like it's also, and this is like another big issue, like, you know, the inequality of pay in sports. I feel like they absolutely had to, even if not to say that anybody has been vocally against it, but I feel like they could not afford to miss a season. So like um, mm. there have been players who just couldn't play the season because of, you know, various illnesses that, uh, you know, COVID could have like, you know, been a big problem for it. So they had to sit out for the last season or two. And they're losing a lot of money. Um, I feel like one such luxury in the NBA, we're going to get into one of these uh, rich individuals for a different reason very soon. Um, they can't sit out because it's like, whatever, this is this is a chump change to me. That's not the point. It's not the point about just paying stupid money as fines and penalties or foregoing money for not playing games. It's not about that. It's not about you needing this money or whatever. It's about the health of everybody else. So, you know, yes. can you afford yes. to do this? Yes, technically you can, but it's not about, again, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoever disagrees, if you disagree, then, then that's fine. You can unfollow. You can unlisten. I don't, I don't care because this is our stance. Vaccine is not about you. It's about the other people around you. 
But enough of that, man. And, you know, even, you know, more bad news or more negativity when it comes to these headlines. This is even before the NBA. But like like you said, these uh, uh, rich individuals. Okay, that's that's harsh because like these players have trained their entire lives to be where they're at. And and I'm all for player empowerment of a one hundred one hundred thousand percent. Okay, but and I'm sorry, Jay, for bringing this up. What Ben Simmons is doing right now is pretty selfish. Like, as I'm not a Sixers fan, and I, I will forever be a Raptors fan, but I feel bad for Sixers fans for seeing what's happening right now for with, with their franchise. I mean, even even their uh, star player Joel Embiid has said about the Ben Simmons situation, and this is this is quoted from him, like when they were doing a media scrub. The situation is disappointing, borderline kind of disrespectful to all the guys that are out here fighting for their lives. We'll say that even going back to the reason we signed Al, which Al Horford, uh, we got rid of Jimmy, which I still think was a mistake, which is what uh, Joel Joel said, yes. Mm-hmm. just to make sure that Simmons needed the ball in his hands. That's the decision they made. Like I said, it's surprising. And not like now you have your, your teammate throwing you under the bus. And each time that Ben Simmons is refusing to go to these media days, to practice, to exhibition games, he's losing money every single time. And me, if he missed media day, he's going to get fined 50 K. If he misses but practice number one. <laughs> yep. Practice number one, 2,500. Practice number two, 5,000. Practice number three, 7,500. Uh, practice number four, beyond that, 50K. Ex- each exhibition of regular season game, he's going to miss 227K per game. And regular season game, 21 to 82 is 300 plus K. This is a lot of money. A lot of money that you're throwing away because you're disappointed about whomever, whatever it, it, going on in the background. But do you remember when James Harden wanted out of Houston? He still played. He played like crap. Sure. But he still played. Mm-hmm. He still showed up because like he's not going to throw money away like this. And Jimmy okay, Butler sure, still he, showed up to the T-Wolves. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. Like he, kind of. I mean, but he still was there. Yeah. <laughs> right. More, so, more than Simmons. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, the, the Philly fan, the, the Philly organization is so in shambles now because they have their disgruntled star who's still under contract for four years doesn't want to come play with you and now you're just stuck being like hey well i have to trade you for you know two cents on the dollar because you don't want to play with a star player that we've like joel and b said like they've tried everything to make it happen for Ben Simmons, but whatever reason, he doesn't believe that maybe he doesn't feel like he fits. But like, why ghost him like that? Why ghost Philly like that? Like, that's such an immature thing for Ben Simmons to do. I say this as a fan of the Sixers and as a fan of Ben Simmons. And if you don't believe me after these harsh words, go listen to older episodes of ours. I have always supported the guy, even in his lowest moments. Um. His biggest flaw is that he believes that he has peaked when he fully has the capability to be one of the greatest players in the NBA. And I do believe that. Laugh if you want. His his biggest enemy is himself, not to sound like a cliche. And because of that, when I say that he's peaked, it's not that he believes he can't get better. He believes that he's at his very best. And there's a big difference. Can't get better means... You're, you're in your head and you're not playing very well. He believes that he's already like the number one option. And the problem is, you know, the front, the front office of the Sixers also believes that if they're asking for these asinine trades, like when they're asking other teams for like their first and second option plus picks, I think you're crazy. And I feel like even now, like, I'm going to say it, his trade value at this point, and it's got nothing to do with talent whatsoever, his trade value at this point is the equivalent of picking up school ground pebbles. Like, it is so dirt poor (laughs) and below zero because nobody wants this guy who has had zero, zero 
like anything this offseason productive anyway um you know not showing up to training or anything like is he training in his own backyard according to his jumper i'd argue no because like i'd argue that he's never done anything but the bare minimum outside of maybe improving his physicality um this is a guy who could be one of the greats of our time and more, but he's not put in the effort and the hours or anything. So there's that side of it. There's all of this BS that's going on right now. So the Sixers want something great in return. At this point, they're not going to get anything in return. Um, this guy is a complete problem. He's going to have zero chemistry wherever he ends up because of all this negativity and because of what's bound to be a shoddy trade at the end of the day like whatever they decide it's not going to be good at this point um all of the the big names are settled um most of the teams are settled so like even like okc is like accepting that they're going to be like one of the worst of the league right now um mm-hmm. you know the knicks are going to try and get back into the swing of things like whatever team you are you've already decided your fate like look at the lakers they went all in all in in the offseason they basically even admitted hey we should have hung on to rondo and toy howard if we had the capability to um here they are again maybe that was their plan all overall we're gonna get them back you know two two seasons from now who knows but every team has figured yeah. out they're figured out to the point that even the marcus aldrich is like i'm retired psych you know what i changed my mind i've had time to dwell on it i'm coming back everybody is already figured out Every team has already figured out. This is the media day. This is when you show, basically, like when you're in elementary school and you come back from summer vacation. Here's my book report. This is what I read in the summer. There's no (laughs) deets when it comes to this. Like, we have no idea what Simmons is capable of. We have no idea what he's like mentally right now because so much of his downfall is a mental game. We don't know anything. So I'm telling you. His trade value because of himself and because of the, the Sixers front office is actually zero. And I'm not saying this to be taboo or anything. And I'm not saying that that's what he's worth. He's worth a ton. I personally believe, again, with the work ethic and the right environment, he could be one of the top 10 players of our time, like in the next couple of seasons. I sincerely believe that because of how much he can do even outside of the offense. But when you're you're looking at what Joel Embiid said, and you know what Joel Embiid's basically given up. It's it's over. So when he says something like he wanted the ball in his hands, this guy who doesn't shoot, he no longer dunks. Why are mm-hmm. you opting as the player or as the coach back when it was like Rivers or whomever? Um, why are you opting for this guy to be the offensive presence when you have Tobias Harris, when you had, you had, you know, past tense, Jimmy Butler, for God's sakes, you had Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. who might not be one of the greatest scorers, but he is one of the most tenacious players, especially offensively. He will get to the bucket whenever and however. So why would you, the problem is Simmons, has convinced himself and the front office and nobody else believes what they're believing. They're not having that same juice. And that's it. It's yeah. at this point, it's a tired tale. I'm sick to death of it. Just wind up somewhere. Let's put the story in the dust. Just continue elsewhere because you have a good franchise and a good player who are bullshitting themselves ad nauseum at yeah. this point, And it's doing favors to I, nobody. I couldn't agree more with you, man. I'm so tired of this Ben Simmons situation. And it's not even like it's a good story. It's like this guy is disgruntled for some reason that, of course, we don't know. But he's just, you know, burning money because he doesn't want to do his job. This guy is basically what people blame Andrew Wiggins for. The guy who's like, I'm good and he's not going to improve. So, you know, again, we we, there's a lot of. Uh, There's a lot of story that we don't know. Of course, we don't. Right now, at the moment, we just know how much Ben Simmons is throwing away, how much the Sixers are trying their hardest to trade him for everybody. So at, at the end of the day, I just hope Ben Simmons finds 
what he's looking for at the same time. I hope this ends it for the 76ers because honestly, like you're right, they uh, they deserve better. They, the, the franchise deserves better when it comes to things like this. Uh, all right. I think that's good for today. There's a lot of things that we talked about and, and I, I, you know, I'm sorry, Jay wasn't here. I'm sure he has a lot to say, uh, maybe not about Ben Simmons, but a, a lot will be spoke about after the break and before the break. But until then, I can't wait in, for the season, even the preasons that happen, which is, I believe is happening I, on Monday. And I think it's against the Sixers. Uh, but until then, Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S. S-F-A-T-L-E.com, no spaces. My top 100 original scores in cinematic histories coming out this Monday, October 4th. So basically what that means is if you're, a film you're watching has musical accompaniment that's not like an original song or, um, you know, a popular song. So these are like the orchestrations. You're going to check out this list and see which are the top 100. And let me tell you, it's... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of good stuff on here. A lot of good stuff. And it was nice. one of the hardest things I've ever had to rank. So um, I hope you like it. And otherwise, you're going to check out, hopefully, The K-Cut, which is my film podcast, which I run on Films with Al as well. Our um, next edition of the Cinematic Smorgasbord, where we pick films to watch each month that we've never seen before and we report our findings. That's going to be out on Tuesday. So check out what we watched and see if it was good. Uh, Jason, what about you? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can find all of us on That's a Rad Pod. You can find Jay, who's our other co-host at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Jay, I hope I said that correctly. Also, shout out to our friends, uh, Blake Murphy, uh, William Liu, Alex Wong, who are all going to be joining Sportsnet uh, to talk about the Raptors throughout the year. And we're very excited about that. But until then, Raptor fans, that's a wrap.